All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode number eight of the Burke Does Work podcast. Today, I'm talking into the microphone by myself. So if you guys don't want to hear me chat by myself and have a conversation with myself, by myself, for myself, then uh, go ahead and just skip to the next episode. But yeah, I've tried to record this 3,500 times and I keep messing up. So I'm just going to flow with this one. But uh, yeah, so like I said, I hate talking by myself, so why not make this a little more enjoyable and make it more of a story time telling experience uh, by talking about myself and my biggest fitness regrets. And if I bring up any topics that you do, uh, it's because I'm not hating on you. I'm only bringing them up because these are things that I have done personally that I regret doing as far as a fitness aspect. It either gave me adverse effects as far as health or mental health. Uh, It hurt me in a physical and or mental slash emotional way. Uh, Or I just think it's stupid and I wasted my time doing it and I don't want people uh, just getting into fitness, you know, wasting their time doing these things either. So I have about six bullet points that I want to go through in this solo podcast. So if you guys want to uh, listen along with me, we're going to go on a little story time adventure. All right. All right, guys. Topic number one, very controversial subject, but it's number one on my list for a reason. I totally regret starting pre-workout slash drinking caffeine. Yeah. So I know some people are going to be mad and uh, some people, it's a controversial statement because I've been uh, you know, all over, so I've been an advocate of the white monster over the years and Celsius and you know the original formula of Jack 3D with whatever that one form, uh, piece of formula, <laughs> that one piece of formula was that was illegal and banned. Um, yeah, man, I, I regret all things about pre-workout because I remember, I mean, maybe I obviously, I mean, I definitely was younger uh, when I didn't take them, but I just remember just the blatant joy of just being able to hype myself up to work out. Uh, it's definitely gone now. And even though I try to not drink as much caffeine or pre-workout these days, uh, I definitely got fried over the years, but uh, let me kind of rewind you guys. So I am 25 years old now, 25 and a half to be exact, I think. Um, well, actually, almost 25 and a half. But anyways, uh, that's only relevant because I took my first scoop of pre-workout when I was 16 years old. Yeah, 16. Um, I'm not going to say which teacher or football coach it was. But we all know who it was. Um, but it's not his fault at all. Like, we all, I mean, actually, wait. No, no, no. That's a lie. You're safe, teacher, who you know who you are, maybe, if, if you might hear this. But actually, no, it was a student. Um, yeah, it was a student that had this brand of pre-workout called Invincible. It was the first marketed version, you know. Um, and just a little disclaimer for everybody out there. The reason why you don't see a lot of pre-workouts or certain supplements on the shelf multiple years in a row is because a lot of times there's some banned substance in there that the FDA doesn't clear or somehow gets through onto the shelves and then it gets taken off and then they rebrand that, you know, whatever. Anyways, um, not gonna not gonna hate on that too too much, but anyways, 
the pre-workout that I took was, yeah, pretty gnarly to say the least. And for 16 years old, I remember we took it before a football game and it was like me and maybe five, actually probably like 15 other guys. But all I remember is me, you know, it's like doing drugs. It was so funny. It's like we're all in a circle uh, in the in the locker room before and we're like, oh, dude, let's get a scoop together. And we're all dry scooping it thinking, you know, it's it's crazy, which it was because a lot of us, that was the most caffeine or whatever formula was in there. That was the most of it we've had and ever, you know, at 15, 16, 17 years old. And I remember we're all bouncing off the walls and uh, it was really funny because to to this day, my boys make fun of me of it for fun of me for it because I was not very good at high school football. Um, you know, <clears throat> definitely played to just have friends and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I, I wasn't terrible. But anyways, long story short, I remember taking this dry scoop of pre-workout and going to play this football game in the rain. And I remember being a blocker on the opening kickoff. And somehow it's a super short kick. The kick comes right to me. And I just remember like running and feeling like I was running as fast as I could. But it it was about probably 60 yards. And apparently it took me like 15 seconds, which is like very slow. Um, but I had just had great blockers. You know, that's an exaggeration. I'm sure it was faster than that. But uh, it was just really funny because I probably was going very fast, but it looked like I was running really slow. And I don't know if that was the pre-workout or what. Whatever, because I ended up scoring a touchdown. So F you guys for making fun of me. But uh, anyways, I went on to play the rest of that game and just laid these dudes out, man. I remember like I set up a block for one of my, and I'm not like gassing myself up. Like it was, I, it was JV as a junior. So, you know, let me just deflate my ego real quick. But uh, yeah, it, it, I did go off this game. And I remember like thinking, wow, dude, like Invincible makes me feel like I'm invincible. Like no wonder it's called that. It's like a drug or whatever. And I just remember getting so hooked on it. And I think that was the seventh or eighth game of the season. And at that point, we were still undefeated. And I remember the next week we played uh, this other team, uh, Poway, for for those of you guys who care. And I remember just being so dependent. I think we took Invincible again. And I remember doing it or taking it and not feeling anything. And I don't know if it was like a placebo or if at that point I had like, you know, done it too many times and like my tolerance was built or what. And uh, it was weird. I just, I don't know if it was, I ate too much and like my body couldn't process it, but whatever the case, I just remember I went from having the game of my life one week, you know, after the very first time taking this magic product to literally playing like shit the next week, excuse my language, but I played so bad. I remember having so many missed tackles and, you know, granted I was a sure tackler and I still am, whatever. Anyways, sure tackler uh, at the time, um, you know, granted I couldn't jump very high or run very fast, but you know, nobody was running me over at least. And I just remember this game though. Nope, man. I was getting blasted. I was getting ran over. I was getting the ball passed on me. And the moral of the story is, you know, was it a placebo effect? Maybe, you know, did I just think it was some magical potion like Space Jam? Maybe. Um, but, you know, from then on, it wasn't just then, you know, it was as time went on. You know, I don't think I had too, too much caffeine, at least during football. But after football season was over, you know, I start working out and yeah, like, you know, I'm 17 years old still. And I'm taking pre-workout every single day, you know, five, six days a week, whatever, however many days I lift weights 
from you know 17 years old to 25 years or, okay i stopped heavily with it around 22 so still for five years straight five days six days a week i was jamming my system with bare minimum 180 milligrams because i think that's what a, a monster is or 220 whatever the case bare minimum 200 milligrams to 400 milligrams of caffeine uh as a young or I guess a whatever a teen, not a young teen, but still as like a young adult, and uh, it it proceeded with the pre workouts from once I started working in the gym. You know, it's like it's like drinking alcohol as a social thing. You know, everybody in the gym wants to drink energy drink. One because a lot of times I did open, and you know at the time I wasn't big on them, but it's like oh I work in a gym. I get a discount on them. They taste good. It's six in the morning. Why not have a 300 milligram bang and then just work the front desk, you know, at the time uh, when I first started and just like sit here. And then even when I was like a personal trainer, it, it definitely helps when, you know, you get gas, but hold on, let me, let me retract that a little bit, but I'm trying to go in chronological order. That's why. Uh, so yeah, that's when I kind of got heavy on the caffeinated drinks uh, on top of you know, taking pre-workout every single day that I lifted. So, you know, one scoop of a whatever pre-workout is about 150 to 175 milligrams. For those of you who don't know, that's about three cups of coffee by itself. And then on top of that, I would have a canned energy energy drink, excuse me, that was another three to five cups of coffee, which I did not drink coffee, but I was having the caffeine equal uh, uh, sorry, I can't, I can't think of the, how to phrase it, but anyways, uh, of about five to eight cups of coffee a day. Um, which is pretty gnarly because I know some people only drink two or three and, and think that's bad, but I'm over here, you know, <laughs> dry scooping, uh, on my lunch break, uh, just to get by and, and then chasing it with a monster, you know, and, and just kind of working through the shift. And, and what that did to me long-term was, you know, one, it made me extremely dependent on, you know, mentally and physically, you know, I, I would get like caffeine withdrawal sometimes and get like headaches or my stomach would hurt if I didn't have caffeine. It was really weird. And then, uh, it would make me not hungry, which kind of shot my metabolism almost in a sense, because, you know, I'm, I already just naturally was not a hungry person for breakfast. And then, you know, the first thing I would eat, drink uh, would be, you know, something like caffeine or pre-workout and then I'm stimulated and I don't want to eat again until what, two, three, four o'clock. By that point, you know, I'm not eating for, you know, it's fast, it's intermittent fasting. Yeah. But you know, the way I was doing it was just so off and so wrong. Um, granted I did it wrong for a long, long time and I, it didn't work You know, I didn't lose any weight. Um, but anyways, sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me stay on track here. Um, but when I was about 23, I really realized there was a problem. And I was like, dude, I need to stop drinking so much caffeine. Like it was to the point where I was having two to three energy drinks a day when I wasn't even working out. Like I was just, you know, being a manager and doing, you know, training a few clients a day, if that, but it's not like anything was crazy. Like I, I ate like shit, which, you know, that was a bad factor, but I wasn't working out. I had a ton of anxiety. Um, I just like the taste, sorry, work phone. Um, but yeah, it, 
at 23, I definitely realized like, okay, I need to stop. Um, and things I, I did to kind of wean me off was obviously go back to my roots and just pounding a ton of water and just, you know, kind of filling in that mental kind of, you know, placebo of just drinking something that, uh, and kind of just getting my, my belly full. Um, and then also, you know, trying to substitute it as much as I could with, um, uh, diet, uh, sparkling drinks like Zevia or the sparkling ice drinks that were no caffeine or very little caffeine, uh, just to kind of like wean my, my senses off of it. I still get that like bubbly feeling, but definitely try to wean myself off. And I definitely recommend anybody who's like trying to back up off caffeine, try to wean yourself off. It's not good to be that stimulated all the time or even that high of a stimulant. Um, you know, for, for a lot of time, I mean, okay, even for me, like there are times when I'm just like, oh my God, I have so much to do. Let me crack this Red Bull uh, just to get it done. And then as soon as I drink it, like I have, I feel almost worse than before. And it makes me not even want to do that stuff. Um, granted, this is me now. And, you know, obviously my system could be shot through all the years of abuse on my, my system, but uh, I just share this with you because yeah, I worked in a gym and it was social to do that, but I know there's people out there that do a lot worse, uh, as far as caffeine intake on top of other things, which is not bad. I'm not talking bad on anybody, but I'm just saying overstimulant, uh, or there's just people that, yeah, just straight up pound like two, three, four, five Red Bulls a day, like, and can go for it. And, you know, kudos to you if that still stimulates you and works for you. But that shot my system a long time ago. And I just believe that now what I do to kind of get by is, like I said, the water and the substitutes as far as health. But uh, yeah, you definitely want to stimulate your diet more as well. I, I definitely notice when I have breakfast and I feel that void of just like getting something in me, it makes me uh I guess crave the energy drink or bubbling factor like so much less. So uh, I could be a weirdo and just be an, a caffeine addict. But if anybody out there is also kind of figuring out what to do uh, with like a, a caffeine quote unquote caffeine addiction, uh, you know, hopefully that's some, some good advice for you. Uh, I know there's more to talk about on that topic. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. So we are going to move on to the next topic. Hold on, let me take a sip of water real quick. Time out. Thank you. All right. So yeah, um, number two on my biggest regret, and again, could be controversial, um, and there's caveats to this story as well. Now, my number two biggest regret is powerlifting, and I only regret this because powerlifting and let me clarify i regret powerlifting when it wasn't necessary um because it injured me i yeah it just well how i yeah all right let's go into story time now i'm sorry I'm, I'm i'm backtracking now but anyways uh powerlifting uh i started lifting when i was about maybe 13 or 14 years old uh yeah i think third yeah i was like the tail end of 13 because that's when i got into high school and then i was actually able to like walk technically walk to the gym from my house which was pretty cool like our weight room and then uh that's kind of you know nobody taught me any form or anything like that but i was just going in there and just trying to do what all the other guys were doing bench squat deadlift get the weight up however not worry about form or function or i'm sorry form over function 
Um, but yeah, and a lot of my movement patterns were messed up from the beginning. And on top of having, you know, poor mechanics, I also had bad posture mixed with poor mechanics, mixed with sitting in a desk all day. Um, but yeah, when I was, you know, 16, I think that's when the new coaches came and that's when it got gnarly with the powerlifting and the Olympic lifting. For those of you who don't know, powerlifting and Olympic lifting is bench, squat, deadlift, uh, Olympic lifts are things like snatches, power cleans, uh, deadlift or deadlift, power clean, um, whatever you guys know, uh, uh, snatches, hang, snatch, hang, clean, power clean, whatever. Anyways, it's basically anything just with a barbell barbell is just a big bar. So, uh, at 15, 16, you know, 17, 18 years old, you know, you're just kind of coached into, Hey, you know, lift as much weight as you can, and it's going to make you bigger, faster, stronger. And you're going to do anything that your coach tells you to do because you're a teenager and you do it. And, uh, I know firsthand, you know, obviously myself, I developed patellar tendonitis on both my knees when I was like not even 17 yet, or maybe I just turned 17 and it was like clinically diagnosed from just benching squat or I'm sorry, squatting just too much. And we were just doing too much leg stuff. And, uh, I don't know how the program's looking now, you know, all love to the coaches out there at Carlsbad high. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we definitely did a little too much out there. And I even know of people like after I left, uh, that, you know, had to have like surgeries and things. And, you know, like I said, I'm not just blaming the coaches. It's a lot of, you know, young teenage ego too, just trying to lift as much damn weight as possible. And, uh, you know, a lot of kids got injured. And then what that also did was that set a not very functional foundation for a lot of young men that are becoming um, using normal functioning members of society, um, as far as a gym. And let me kind of like give you some clarification on that. When all kids know is like violence and power lift and lift as much weight as you can, you know, that's what creates, you know, that person in the gym, that old guy in the gym that, you know, Oh, I've been bench pressing this for 75 years and all power to you. That's absolutely fine. But you guys also got to be mindful of why you guys are training and, you know, the, the purpose of your training and, you know, why you're doing that bench press, why you're doing that squat, why you're doing that deadlift, why you're doing all that weight, all that stress. And like I said, I'm not trying to sound like a bitch, um, or anything because I don't love lifting heavy weight right now. Um, just cause you know, I had a lot of injuries throughout the years. But, you know, throughout the years, I was super heavy on it. There was a period in time where my personal training clients, like, heavily did powerlifting. Um, granted, because I loved it and I wanted to share what I loved with it. And my clients got great results. Now, let me, uh, again, kind of clarify again. I... Power, I only don't like powerlifting when it's not necessary because a lot of guys football players like myself, you know, all you know is powerlifting and you powerlift when from the time you're 15, 16, 17, 18, all throughout high school and then all throughout college. And then, you know, when you go to a commercial gym, all you know is that, and that's fine. But when you're so worried about your bench squat and your deadlift, but then you work as an accountant and then you sit in a desk all day, you know, that's not very conducive to your lifestyle as far as, you know, what the training is actually doing for you. You know, I understand if maybe you're, a construction worker or a laborer, but even then you'd want to do things like kettlebell swings or multifunctional patterns because 
you know, you're using a lot more like twisting, turning motions rather than just one plane. Um, not very, and a lot of power lifters will agree. I think Eddie Hall, uh, he's one of the world's strongest men, uh, as far as like, like the competition world's strongest men. He has an interview even saying like, yeah, powerlifting is pretty much stupid unless, unless you're training to be a professional powerlifter or at least an amateur powerlifter. And like I said, I'm not hating on anybody who powerlifts. I still do compound movements like just for the hell of it sometimes, but I'm not, I know I'm not the strongest. I'm not looking to be the strongest. Um, granted it's great for building lean muscle, but to do a bench squat, deadlift, max out heavy every single day for the rest of your life you're gonna you know uh what is it bend don't break right something's gonna break eventually or bend and my personal experience is like i said patellar tendonitis and then once i got out of high school that's when i got really bad because i really i hardly took a break uh, i broke my hand right after graduation and i took like maybe a month off and then uh, I was like right back to the gym. My hand didn't even heal all the way. It's still messed up to this day. But anyways, I don't regret it. It's not that bad. Um, but anyways, uh, let's see. 20, I had a uh, shoulder injury just from overhead pressing uh, due to just not warming up before. And I uh, honestly, yeah, let me, let me shed my ego a little bit. I was being a douche. I, uh, yeah, I was being a douchebag. At the time, I was pretty big, pretty strong. I just stopped lifting, or I just stopped playing football, and you know, my only concern was being huge and lifting weights. And I think these kids were just dicking around on the squat racks, and it was pretty busy. It was like five or six o'clock, and at night, and you know, at our gym, that's damn busy. You know, everyone's trying to get a squat rack, and uh, so finally, these kids are like kind of at the tail end of their set, and like they're about to strip the weight off. And I walk up, and I'm like, "Oh, you guys done?" They're like, "Yeah, yeah. You want us to strip the weight?" I'm like, "No, nah, we're good." I'm like, no, I'm good. And uh, they're like, what? And because they were squatting and it was, I think it was like a plate or like 155. And uh, I just like went to go shoulder press it like right off the thing. And I did like eight reps. And uh, it was kind of funny because I, I was looking in the mirror and you could tell they were like, whoa, this guy's kind of strong, but he's kind of being a douche because I, I walked up and I was like, yeah, dude, you could leave it on. Um, but, and, you know, I was like, at the time I was bigger, you know, I was stronger. I, I was I mean, I was cocky as f. I shouldn't have done that. Looking back, I I also regret that. You know, put that in the podcast too. But uh, yeah, I remember. But yeah, second set, I remember racking it. I was on like my fifth or sixth rep repetition, and I was like trying to push it up. And I remember like my right arm is completely extended, my left arm is not going anywhere. And I was like, what the hell? And I racked it. And I go to take my headphones out. At this point, I had the the ones that sell the wire that are like running to your earlobes, and I couldn't even pick up my left arm to get my um, headphone out of my ear. It was that messed up. And um, I still, I want to say it was like a, an AC joint injury because it was hanging a little bit and it was lower, and uh, it took a long time to recover, which is kind of weird. It could have been like a, a oh, and it was definitely a rotator cuff strain too. Um, but I never got it diagnosed and I just rehabbed it myself and it's, it's my better shoulder now. So moving on, um, from then, yeah, I just had like worse injuries. Uh, let's see. Oh, the squatting. Uh, yeah, that was really stupid. I was like, I think I was 21 or 22. Yeah. I, I just didn't need to squat anymore. Like I was so far removed from football coaching, but you know, I also just love squatting too. And if you love squatting, that's cool, man. Just keep loving squatting. That's cool. Just be safe. Just be safe because I was not being safe with it. 
Um, uh, yeah, I was trying to squat. I was getting ready for powerlifting meet. And uh, it was kind of like a, a last minute decision. And for my weight class, I think my total needed to be, I forgot what it was, but anyways, I was trying to get my, my total numbers. So for my bench, my squat and my deadlift, like your total number had to be like, let's say like 15 or 1800 per se um, pounds. And I remember I was just aiming for like a 380 or 370 squat or something like that. And uh, I remember I got, I think it was, all right, I'm not going to blow me up too much. Let's say 375. Um, but anyways, I remember doing three sets of three reps. And it was the same thing. It was my last, or actually it was my last set here. And it was my second rep. I remember like I tightened up my belt, I had my knee sleeves, I had my shoes. And uh, yeah, I probably didn't warm up enough. Um, cause you know, three by three, you're kind of digging straight into it. I probably, you know, didn't warm up my system, my central nervous system as much as I should have, but nevertheless, I learned the hard way and the second rep going down, I noticed, I was like, man, dude, my belt feels kind of loose. Like something just kind of feels weird. And I just moved my hips a little bit and I was like, Oh, and my back, like completely tightened up. I'm at the bottom, I'm in the hole on the squat. So I had to get like the 370 pounds up. I just remember getting it up. My, I'm like turning beet red. I just remember racking it. And I just remember as soon as I racked it, it made the loudest noise ever. I just, like through my headphones. And I just remember falling to the ground. And everybody in, uh, it was at the Lacosta gym, if anybody cares. But everybody in the gym like gathered around me. And I'm like, dude, my back, my back, my back. It was the first really bad back injury I really had. And um, yeah, that was terrible. Uh there was no reason really for me to be lifting that hard, at least that day. Granted, yes, I was uh, prepping for a powerlifting meet, but this is like when I was still, I don't even think I was a trainer yet. Uh, I think I was, yeah, uh, maybe I just became a trainer, whatever. Anyways, um, yeah, man, I just remember just went, there was no reason for me to be going uh, like 85 to 95 to 100% maximum effort lifting like that many consecutive days in a row. And I remember thinking that like almost as I was like doing it, like, damn, should I go this heavy? But you know, like you're young and your ego takes over. I'm like, nah, man, don't be a bitch to do it. And uh, yeah, I did it and I learned the hard way. So I definitely regret that. And uh, I know I kind of forgot this one. I also just, uh, well, and eh, nah, I'll save this one because I do. I was going to say I regret playing football for this adult league. It was technically semi-pro because I got my back effed up, dude. Um, but I don't regret it because there was I made some really good friends, and that was actually really fun. Um, I do regret getting my back messed up playing, though. That sucked. It was like a basically, you know, again, I should have let my ego go, and I was just trying to hang on to football for too long. And uh, it was just during a practice, too. Like, I'm just trying to make a play, and, you know, I'm the new guy on the team, and you know, I got a running back coming at me and two big ass defensive guys behind him. One is like a DN and one is a linebacker. One of them was Rick Simmons, if you know who you are. And if you know who that is, he's a big mother effer. Um, but it was like one running back. I see Rick behind him, another dude. And I just remember thinking, okay, I can either, you know, take this dude's legs out and get my ass beat by all these people because you do not hit anybody low in practice. That is bad juju. Or I can try to hit him in the face and get my ass ran over because I, at the time I was like 175 pounds and that was like 500 pounds of man meat coming right at me. So I just took my licks. I just remember getting my ass laid out. And I just remember to that. Yeah, that was the grown men ball. Uh, like I just remember 
looking up at the sky, my back hurting like a mother, my neck hurting too, and thinking I was broken. And the same thing, coaches gathered around me. And that's like literally when I looked up and I was like, yo, I cannot hang with these boys anymore. And uh, yeah, I think I hung it up, dude. I think that was my last practice in pads. And, you know, like I said, in hindsight, I absolutely do not regret playing because I met great people and it was a really fun experience. But damn, I regret that play. And uh, as far as powerlifting, retying it into that too. I regret powerlifting when it wasn't necessary. Um, when, you know, if you're a powerlifter out there and you're training to be a world's strongest man or woman, you know, that's great, dude. Awesome. But that just wasn't for me at the time. Uh, yeah, I just developed a lot of, you know, shoulders, back, knees injuries. Uh, I'm still kind of dealing with them to this day. And that is going to kind of tie me into my next topic. Number three, my biggest regret not stretching and not foam rolling when I was younger. And uh, yeah, big regret. Hold on, let me take a sip of water again. Thank you guys for listening to the awkwardness. Uh, all right. Um, but yeah, like I said, you guys kind of have a background of my sports and injury uh, life at this point. But yeah, as far as like not stretching, man, that sucks. That sucks bad. <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the injuries that I have now that I could have avoided uh, if I just, you know, even took a yoga class uh, a few times a week when I was 17, 18, 19. Because a lot of times when I was doing that heavy lifting, and a lot of times those power lifters that do heavy lifting, you guys don't go to yoga. You guys don't work on your mobility as much as you need to. And I know you guys think that way because I used to be you, and I've talked to you guys. Um, but no, it's, it's the God's honest truth. I don't know if it's like a myth with the stretch reflex and the muscle or what, but anyways, uh, yeah, I just remember my, my first experiences with, you know, foam rolling and stretching. I just remember, uh, somebody had like a, uh, a tiger tail or like a myofascial stick. One of those like sticks with like rolling beads on it. And then we used to like roll our legs and our quads, but that was like the first experience I had with it. That kind of worked. But once I got into like a foam roller, and once I started learning about the body when I became a trainer, holy shnikes, that was a game changer, dude. If you guys are not foam rolling now uh, or stretching now, please do it. Uh, if you guys don't even know what it is, ask me. But anyways, foam rolling, stretching, uh, dude, so important. If you guys, uh, yeah, foam rolling is basically like breaking down the connective tissue in your muscles that are tight or full of blood or, you know, other, uh, I guess, uh, toxins or blood uh blood adhesions i guess you could say uh and then yeah just mix with stretching as well so yeah dude when oh make sure when you guys do this you always foam roll and then stretch as well because when you foam roll you're obviously breaking down the tissue when you're stretching you're lengthening the tissue it's really hard to lengthen a tissue or muscle that is tight that's why you try to break it up and then stretch it so just a little life hack for you guys if you guys are kind of newer to the mobility game i wish i knew that a lot a lot more before as well um and let me kind of break down the stretches for you so there's like static stretching which is like sitting in a room and just like sticking your legs out and just not really moving uh, there's like dynamic stretching, which is like, you know, jumping jacks or mountain climbers or, you know, something a little more dynamic, like that gets your heart rate moving. Um, you know, there's a lot of other ways too, but those are kind of like 
the the two really dominant ones that you'll see people doing. You'll either see people on the mats, like just doing their yoga type flows, or you'll see people like doing their up downs and or like on the treadmill. Um, and you know, neither is wrong. It's just a form of stretching and that's fine. Um, you know, granted there are other ways like, you know, using bands and, you know, TRX straps and the cage and uh, uh, PNF is like uh, neuromuscular facilitation where like people are pushing on you or you have an external force that's kind of helping that stretch. Um, but, you know, you don't always have access to those. Uh, sorry, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself again. But yeah, those are uh, the two main ones. And so many benefits and so many of my injuries could be avoided with just foam rolling and stretching when I was younger. Jesus, dude. And even like my clients over the years, I've had people that are like, <laughs> I'm not going to say her name, but she knows who she is. I just remember she used to always tell me like, oh, like that's just how they are. Like that's how my calves are. Like they're just so tight and everything hurts and it's fine. And like, it was so funny because it was like that dog meme in the fire. And it's like, this is fine. Everything is fine. Everything's on fire. But no, no. And I remember just, um, you know, at this point, you know, I, I kind of knew my stuff and was doing my research and, you know, had great trainers that helped me out. Shout out to you guys. You guys know who you are. Um, but yeah, just using a foam roller or a lacrosse ball or, you know, there's so many different tools you can use now, like scrapers or sew rights or dude, there's so much cupping. But uh, anyways, but basically what you're doing is you're using that hard object to manipulate the blood and the tissue in that area of the muscle. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're basically when you're, when you're tight or like when you have tight muscles or when you're trying to recover, you know, you have, uh, you know, blood flow that's just stuck in there and you're trying to break all that tissue up as well. And, uh, that paired with stretching will help your posture will help, uh, with recovery will help you sleep better because it literally helps with blood circulation. Um, yeah, there's, there's not very many cons to it besides the fact that it's like painful and it's just like kind of uncomfortable to do, but definitely do your research. There's some guys out there like uh, Smashworks on YouTube. He is amazing. He's like a 45, or I don't even know. Don't quote me, but dude, he's like an amazing CrossFit athlete, um, owns his own gym, but he's got, he puts out content like a mother as far as like mobility. He helped me a lot with, uh, my serious injuries like my back and my shoulder and whatnot. Um, he actually helped me avoid physical therapy all through stretching. I'm sorry. Yeah. Physical therapy, I guess, uh, he helped me avoid surgery by helping me with his form of physical therapy via YouTube. Um, so thank you, Smashworks. And I definitely recommend anybody check him out and check any other type of mobility coach out or definitely experiment with uh, Pilates, yoga, foam rolling, get a damn hypervolt, cupping, scraping, so right, inversion table, it don't matter, do something. Uh, I'm just looking at all the things I have. So uh, yeah, that takes me to the halfway point of our topics. And yeah, I wanna talk about uh, another big regret and like I said, I was young, I was dumb. I just was trying to do anything besides steroids to get as big as possible. And uh, yeah, I took a mass gainer called Cytogainer Extreme something. And uh, all I remember about it was it was advertised as seven different creatines, all three different proteins, um, 
yeah, like uh, just a mix, a whole bunch of BCAAs, a whole bunch of vitamins, a whole bunch of carbs, a whole bunch of bullshit is what it was. But anyways, uh, my experience with this was because, you know, at the time, you know, you're just trying to get as big as possible and everyone's brainwashing you to, you know, eat big to get big and this and that. And you have to take a protein supplement. And uh, I kind of mixed everything together as far as supplements with protein, creatine, the BCAAs um, and the carb powder because i would do this that's what it was basically it was the cytogainer i would take that and that i think with the serving size was two scoops i think it alone was 18 or 2100 calories i don't remember but i remember it being like basically an entire normal calories worth of food for the average person for an entire day uh in one serving which is pretty gnarly and at the time yeah i was dirty bulking so i was eating like crap every freaking meal or at least like just eating just not really caring and uh you know just trying to get anything into my body any way possible which i regret also <laughs> um but anyways back to the mass gainer i would mix that you know once you know you could only have so many just shakes of it so i think after like a week or two uh, I just started mixing it or blending it in the blender and I would also add milk and ice cream and chocolate syrup and peanut butter and when I really did the macros and weighed it all out and counted it out there dude the shake alone was like 39 to 30 it was I think like a, a low one was like 37 let's say like 37 to like 4500 calories just for one shake that I was having on top of my meals. This is when I went from about 183 to 206 pounds. Yeah, it was gnarly. Granted, this was over like a three, four, five month period, maybe, eh, let's call it five months. Um, but yeah, I remember I went through like three or four different tubs of them and just hating every fucking time, dude. It sucked. It's like, it's having to force feed yourself sucks having to like know that it's gonna taste i mean it didn't taste bad with all the shit i put in it but it's like when you know that you can't take any more and you're just force feeding or force drinking yourself and you feel like your stomach's gonna explode that's the worst feeling ever and having to do that almost every day for however long i did it to gain that weight i don't even remember exactly how long it was because it was so long ago but dude do not do that i do not and the term dirty bulking you'll hear you'll hear that a lot that's basically what it was and what i did um yeah, it was eating anything I saw. And, you know, if it was bad for you, it was almost better because it was a higher caloric intake. And at that point, that's really what my body needed or what I thought it needed, which it needed real fuel as far as, you know, whole foods, you know, not uh, refined carbs. Uh, yeah, if I could go back and, and slap the hell out of my 19 year old self for doing that i definitely would um but yeah don't dirty bulk if you're gonna binge just admit that you're binging don't try to say that it's part of a diet you know oh i have to eat this entire pizza because it's part of you know uh keto or whatever or no, it's not keto um whatever you know what i mean intermittent fasting window this or that i know i'm i've been guilty of that too like that i only call people or i only call it out because i've done it and i know people 
think the same way I do. Um, so don't dirty bulk. Don't cheat your diet. If you're going to eat like shit, just admit you're eating like shit and you know, try to do your best to make the better options, better substitutes and eat in moderation. You know, I'm not saying don't have bad foods. Just don't eat like shit all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a, that's going to be the quick one with dirty bulking and the cytogainer. I just remember regretting that so much. My stomach hurt so bad constantly. Oh, it took me a long time to lose that weight. It took me like probably two years, honestly. I was 206. And once I stopped drinking it, I immediately lost like 10 or 12 pounds like immediately and then i got down to like 195 like 191 to 195 and uh, it was cool because i like hovered there for a while but i just remember being stuck there just forever and yeah a lot of it was from just like muscle mass and bone structure and just kind of having it which was cool um but man like uh it just it just took a toll on my body and if i could just go back and just slow rise you know lean bulk um one i'd have probably still less body fat to this day just because i've kind of maintained certain body fat in certain areas just over the years um but i just know the scientific facts behind it and obviously like i've done it myself now at this point and um the progress that i've seen you know the people that are consistent i just wish i started you know i wish i started counting my macros when i was like in high school or at least knowing exactly what i was putting my body at 16 um, because there are people now that they're not even like famous or anything they're just in amazing shape all the time just because they're just like yeah i just eat this and eat this and watch this and watch this and watch this and i just love food too much so maybe that's me but uh yeah let's move on to the next topic sorry sorry oh actually that ties into the next topic uh, yeah i regret not counting macros actually that's so funny and uh hold on what is that oh and meal prepping i regret not meal prepping yeah i regret not meal prepping but you know just the lifestyle that i had as a young child you know meal prepping just didn't really exist um like my mom loved to cook at the time and yeah we had like leftovers here and there but like i wasn't taking that shit to school you know that, that was weird one i didn't want to carry it um I, I mean call me picky or whatever but like i i i mean i didn't love leftovers like i ate them but like i didn't like oh yeah i'll eat some leftovers sick but i also just didn't want to carry a lunchbox to school and uh yeah i mean i just never loved cooking i still don't love cooking to this day like i definitely like i'd rather go out or i'd rather order something like a, like a meal prep company if i had like you know unlimited amounts of money but it is somewhat expensive but i do not think it's bad if you're trying to you know kind of just get the ball rolling and you know start some inspiration as far as like meal prepping and, and foods and whatnot i know there's really good things like hello fresh and like blue apron and stuff like that if uh you're looking into you know starting it more power to you try it um i've also tried things like that as well um but yeah i definitely just regret not doing it when i was younger and just having more of a knowledge i just wish they taught that stuff more in school as far as like you know god dude i remember my middle school would and you know you guys are going to relate here my middle school would walk around and give out breadsticks from a certain from like a local restaurant and that wasn't that bad but like on the regular they had slushy machines slim jims brownies uh white cheddar popcorn cookies 
um like like literally nothing and like yeah they had like bananas and apples and shit but who the fuck wanted like who wants that you know when you have all these other options in front of you and i know it wasn't just my my school it's almost every school in america and you know we ought to be more health conscious to our kids and even to ourselves and just kind of just look at certain labels or just be aware of what you're putting in your body at the end of the day and that's more of the message that i'm trying to put together with you know the the mass gainer paired with the um like the dirty bulking paired with like i just wish i meal prepped when i was younger because yeah that all ties in with just lack of knowledge from when i was like just a youngster and even just lack of knowledge of you know the people that raised me you know it's not you know they don't teach that stuff in school so like how parent how are parents supposed to know how to feed their kids and whatnot and like how you know certain caloric intake to get you know a certain size when they're a certain age and, and just things like that it's just crazy um but yeah I, I just wanted to tie all that stuff in together and uh brings me to my last topic of biggest regrets personally um and just personal things that you know i or, yeah, personal with my fitness as far as uh not having a purpose uh to work out you know like i said uh this kind of ties in with the powerlifting like i got hurt powerlifting when i didn't necessarily need to powerlift at that time i i even now that i really think back on the story i don't even think i was powerlifting anymore i think i was done powerlifting um and i think i just say that i was powerlifting because it like sounds better for the story it makes more sense that i got hurt powerlifting but like no exactly i was just trying to squat heavy and hurt myself but yeah that that tied in with not having a purpose to work out so like make sure that when you guys are out there you know testing out that hip thrust machine and the flat how many plates can i stack on this like make sure you guys are being safe and you know aware of what you guys are doing um and you know this even goes out to my grandpa out here if my grandpa is listening i know he's like he always brags and he's like oh i'm 500 years old just kidding but i'm 500 years old and i bench you know 315 or whatever but he dude he is strong as hell which is crazy i think he's like really around like 250 but still like benching 250 for how old he is is, is super impressive but it's just not super duper functional uh, i'm scared he's gonna have a heart attack when he does it one day um but you know more power to him you know he loves it uh you know it, it gives him that that mental purpose i just wish it did more for his body because you know you could tell that he's got messed up back and shoulders from it but he doesn't give a shit he just wants to you know just just ride it out um but yeah you know being a personal trainer as well i see a lot of people just walk into the gym you know my clients even uh or even myself you know just like just oh you know i gotta get in the gym five days a week that that's what a lot of people have stuck in their head too i gotta get in the gym this many times a week or this much or this much or this much when you guys kind of go back to your goal setting and like being effective and realistic if you guys were to really sit down in like a real training consult a lot of times people hop in and they're like yeah i want to train six days a week this and that and this is me uh and this is kind of like things that i've heard as you know being on the the training side of it but it's also been me as a client as well but sorry uh to take you guys there like somebody's coming in and oh i want to train six or seven six or seven days a week every day for one to two hours minimum and this and that and then it's like okay well how much have you been exercising lately like none like okay you know you're gonna fry yourself out and then on top of that like what's the goal oh i want to lose five pounds it's like what's the time frame 
it's like, well, I want to lose it right now, but I really just like, you know, like a few months. And when you guys are really like realistic with it, like, of course, everybody wants to lose weight or get as strong as possible or see that instant gratification instantly, but it's going to take time. And the biggest uh, goal or the biggest thing that's going to give you purpose is that goal to work out. I'm sorry. Yeah, whatever. I guess that made sense. Um, but yeah, like just have an effective goal, whether you are a girl, like girl, girl, that's just trying to, you know, look better and have a tighter butt, this and that. That's awesome. Just know you do not need to do sumo deadlifts, five plates, or like whatever those crazy curtsy lunges are. Like those are so bad for your knees. Like there's so many other effective ways to fire the glutes than what you see on Instagram. And I hate to be that person, but I'm gonna go there. Um, and even if you're a guy, dude, like there's so many guys that are like, oh, you're a personal trainer. How much do you bench? And it's like, what the fuck? And it's so funny because if you're a personal trainer, you probably just laugh too. Because once you become a personal trainer, after like three months, you really don't give a shit how much you bench unless you're a power lifter. Um, yeah, like it's irrelevant because the point of the bench press has served and even all those compound movements like they serve so many different purposes that my one rep max like isn't going to get me to where i want to be you know as far as like my physique or even my strength like i even notice when i do like more of a volume style training i'm way stronger i'd much rather i'd much rather be able to you know move 80 percent weight 100 percent of the time than move 100 percent weight you know, 50% of the time. If, ooh, that's a good analogy. Um, but yeah, like, and I've been a victim of it as well, and I'm not trying to hate on these people, um, but it's just things that I know it sucks when you get stuck in the mud, you know, you're busting your ass, like, damn, dude, I'm in the gym, you know, however many days a week, and I'm doing, I'm pushing all this weight, and I'm getting hurt, or I'm busting my ass on the stairs, and I'm not losing any weight, and this and that. And uh, yeah, like I, I, I bring this up because I've been there and it's funny because I almost think as, well, actually I, I do, I think of almost every time as I hit a wall as like, that's the time to kind of like open up and, and kind of repivot. Every time I even injured myself, it's like, okay, what did I do wrong? It's not like a, oh, I didn't bench enough. That's why I hurt my shoulder. It's like, okay, well, shoot, I keep hurting myself this way or I keep seeing the same results this way what do I need to change to see different results? And it's so funny because it's so easier said than done, but not enough people take a step back and realize like, okay, what am I actually doing You know, for my workout? What am I actually eating this for? A lot of times it's eating because you're hungry. Um, but just when you're more educated, you know, certain foods do things to you, do things to you, do things for you. Um, but just being knowledgeable and I can go on and on about what you should do for this and what you should do for that. But at the end of the day, like whoever is listening to this, just find your purpose, obviously in life one that is key. Um, but find your purpose as far as like fitness, because if you honestly are lost in your purpose of life, finding your fitness purpose is going to help you find that purpose in life and not to be like a corny, like a hole or anything, but like, I wouldn't have this podcast if I didn't think fitness was extremely powerful and helped my life from literally from a personal and a professional level, like I was able to make money off this for five years, like I was able, or like, sorry, four and a half years, I was able to 
legitimately make a living off of being a personal trainer and like helping people, you know, find their, you know, not even like their, their life, like obviously not their life purpose. I'm not a life coach. I'm not going to take that, but like having their fitness purpose is awesome because a lot of times like my clients will say like, wow, I've always done this for this. And I thought it did this, but like, you know, going outside my comfort zone, I see all these opportunities and it's more than just like going outside your comfort zone in fitness. It's like going outside your comfort zone in the way you talk to people, how many relationships you form with like just being a cool person. And, you know, I could take that analogy anywhere, but yeah, just expanding your, your living state of mind, expanding your vibe, just being cool to people, spreading that like good energy. And, uh, yeah, dude, I'm gonna close down that one before I freaking cry about my, <laughs> no, just kidding. But, but yeah, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna close it out. Um, those are my, my biggest fitness regrets as far as like things that I wish I did or didn't do. Let me just recap them real quick. I, I wish I did not ever in my lifetime drink pre-workout or drink any sort of caffeine. Uh, even to this day, uh, like even the help it did give me when I was younger, uh, was not worth the anti-stimulus I feel now, I guess, or like, or used to feel or cause like even now, like when I want to feel happy or not happy, hyped, I'll crack a Red Bull and I won't feel anything uh, just because I know my system was shot from how much abuse it had in the past. So RIP to that. But oh, well, poor me. Uh, Anyways, powerlifting. I uh, regret powerlifting when it wasn't necessary. I love powerlifting as a sport. I love watching people powerlift. I love powerlifters. They're awesome. I just wish I had a purpose when I was you know, doing those heavy squats that day because I ended up effing myself up. All I remember, like I know I was doing a three by three, but uh, that's all I remember. But anyways, I regret that because I messed up my back and my knees and my shoulders almost pretty much for life now. Like nothing will ever be at 100%. Um, but I'm not one to wallow in it. Just these are my personal experiences. So if you guys do decide to do that, be safe. I regret not stretching or doing yoga or any sort of myofascial release when I was younger. That is key to longevity, muscle, flexibility, yeah, definitely uh, start doing some sort of stretching if you haven't already. I regret dirty bulking, cytogainer, gainer, mass gainers. Uh, I just remember I hate, I, I regret stuffing my face unnecessarily. I regret not meal prepping my food, not counting my macros, not knowing what I was putting in my body. Granted, we're young, we're dumb, we, we're uneducated. But uh, yeah, I just, I, I wish it was taught in schools. I wish parents knew better. Um, I, I wish there was commercials for how to track your food, but there's not. And that's the world we live in. But uh, I'm here to kind of share to you guys. So uh, yeah, if you guys don't know how to track your food, revert to episode four or five, three or four, I forgot, of the episode of uh, just my diet tips and tracking macros. Um, and then, yeah, I regret not having a purpose to work out because now ever since uh you know quarantine started i've been on it with fitness it sucks now you know being injured and a lot of people like think i fake injured but fuck you guys but whatever um you know i got a super bum shoulder right now but in the past i've had like just obviously you guys know terrible knees back this and that and it's keeping me out of my uh, current training right now but i will be back and i cannot wait but uh, yeah, for and I'm bummed because for a long time I trained without a purpose and just kind of hit the weights or just did certain stuff just to kind of go through the motions. And I wish I like trained martial arts or put something into it or like 
even now, I, I lived in San Diego for my entire life and I just consistently started running at the beach like probably about this year. I did it like a, I did it consistently going into my senior year for like a few months, but never like consistently throughout the whole year. And this entire year, I can honestly have consistently ran by the beach and I love it. And uh, I just feel like, you know, doing all these things like being married, having a dog, being able to run, working a job, it, it, it gives me more purpose to go throughout my fitness uh, regimen, you know, being more conscious of flexibility, being more conscious of the food I eat, being more conscious of my water intake, being more conscious of how tired I am. And uh, yeah, just kind of, you know, when you take a step back and realize the little micro adjustments you need to make to your life, it's really easy uh, to, to tackle the next one and tackle the next one. And I'm not perfect. And I have a long way to go from perfect. Trust me, like I'm trying to work on myself every day, as you guys can probably hear in this podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm not trying to say I'm, I'm better than anybody by helping you find your purpose or this and that. But yeah, dude, like, let me help you find your purpose through my experiences and uh you know my 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 wrongdoings and my regrets so like i said i'm gonna close this out so thank you guys so much for listening that was episode eight of the podcast and i'll see you guys in the next one